Hello and welcome to Underground Chicago Talk. I'm your host, Rudolph, podcasting from the heartbeat of Chicago, the Chicago Underground Pedway, Chicago's hidden community. So come on in, because baby is cold outside, believe me. Yes, it's winter time here in Chicago, and uh, it's cold out there. So come on in here, because down here it's warm, nice and warm. Get yourself a hot chocolate, nice cup of coffee, hey, or a glass of wine. Sit back and relax wherever you are, and uh, enjoy the show, because today I'm going to be talking about some things that that just bothering me personally. I mean, I'm I'm bothered by it all. You know, there's a lot of foolishness going on here. Lots of it. And this time of year, November, December, I'm, I'm very reflective. I guess that's the, the time of year it is. You know, it's reflective. We're coming to the end of the year. For me, it's having a birthday is celebrating Thanksgiving, Christmas and my birthday. But particularly in November because I was a young Marine, I joined the Marine Corps back in 1963. That's over 60 years ago. Yes, 60 years ago this this year that I took the oath to defend the Constitution and uh, guard the country. I took that oath. Now that oath is the same oath uh, that Congress people take to serve senators, uh, president. We all take an oath, those of us who serve. We take the same oath to defend the Constitution. Now, here lately, a lot of stuff been going on, and that's why I'm, I guess I'm, I'm feeling the way I'm feeling, because I know when I took that oath, I, I served honorably. And I went off, the early as I got, was uh, I saw Kennedy as a young Marine because I was inspected by him there on the Marine Corps base as a young recruit in boot camp. So I got to see John F. Kennedy uh, that August and uh, uh, went on and graduated and went to my uh, uh, station of where I was going to be posted at as a young Marine, which was uh, Camp Pendleton, California. And then Kennedy was assassinated. And I'll never forget, we were on the rifle range. And all of a sudden, someone, a voice over the loudspeaker says, cease fire, cease fire, cease fire. And everybody, you know, went quiet. I mean, you could, it was so quiet. It had never been that quiet on the rifle range, but everything seemed to come to just silence within a silence and I'll never forget the uh, lieutenant the loudspeaker uh, made the announcement that uh, 
John F. Kennedy had been assassinated. He was like, wow, man, I can't believe this. Kennedy been assassinated? And of course, later on, we were told, uh, we were on a red alert. Uh, red alert meant that we were preparing to go to war somewhere. And uh, we were told that uh, Cuba had played a role in it. And boy, I tell you, uh, it just struck me as a young Marine. I've only been in here since uh, July, and it's now November. And I'm saying, wow, man, you know, when they recruit you, you're recruited uh, based on seeing the world, seeing the Far East and so forth. So that just really struck me as a young 17-year-old. Uh, wow, we're going to war. And I'm torn between, uh, you know, the uh, trip, what I'm, where I'm at, I'm, I'm ready. I'm ready as a young Marine, you know, uh, to go to war. A little disappointed I didn't get to see the world at that point in my head. But fortunately, we didn't go to war with uh, Cuba because we uh, found out that Cuba did not play a role in the assassination game. But that was my experience and, uh, and why November always, uh, I, I get this feeling about November. And, uh, and, and the things that were associated with uh, that. Uh, the other thing about, uh, that comes, ties right in with that is that uh, the March on Washington, uh, Dr. King, held in the NAACP. Uh, yes, that took place in uh, August of that same year. On August 28th, matter of fact, 1963. Yeah. Uh, over 260-some thousand people participated in the March on Washington. As it was called, and believe me, I was, I was proud to be doing my part as a young Marine, as a young black American, because that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a contributing young black American, because in 1963, uh, racism in America was out of control. I mean, it just it had reached a boiling point. I know I had relatives who would, would drive back uh, down into the south, you know, and uh, the preparation they would have to go through in order to do this, to, to go visit relatives, because they knew they were always going to be um, some negative activity taking place. So, so I was at a point in my head as a young man that, well, I'm going to do my part. I'm, I'm going to do my part by joining the Marine Corps and being the best young black Marine, the best of America in 1963. And believe me, we young blacks of 1963, we were the best of American uh, young blacks. Yes, and uh, same for my young brothers who were in the Navy, Air Force, and uh, Army as well. 
They, we were the best. Because we were young blacks doing what we do best. But also doing their part was guys like John Lewis, who was marching and uh, doing his part. He was a young college student uh, doing his part. And uh, he and hundreds of other young black college students were doing what they were doing. So we were all working to make America better. Yes, that was, that was the energy then. Now, here, going forward, let's go forward. We did all of that. Now, here are some veterans. I, I like to mention these brothers because I served, we went to boot camp and uh, served in the 5th Marines together. Uh, Terry Hilliard, who uh, went on to become the uh, superintendent of police here in Chicago. Uh, Jesse Brown, who uh, went on to become uh, uh, Secretary of Veterans Affairs, and they named the uh, VA Center here in Chicago in his honor. Uh, John Smith, who's passed on now, salute to the brother. Uh, John Smith served uh, well over 30-some years with the Chicago Police Department. So here we are. These are the young men, kind of young men that came out of Chicago during that time because we were looking for something to be involved in and to make our contribution. And uh, that's what we did. We stood up. So we all have to stand up today. And now we've got, even in doing that, I remember being in Vietnam. Yes, I served in Vietnam. And I remember being in Vietnam and, uh, and under what reasoning was given to us to, for being there. Uh, my unit, the 3rd Marine Division, was the uh, division, the battalion rather, that Lyndon Bain Johnson, who was president then, in 1965 when I went in, uh, committed us to Vietnam. We were there all along, but we were there as advisors. Now we were going in as ground uh, troops, infantry, which what I was in. And uh, I never forget, we were coming out of Japan and uh, we got the word that uh, we had been committed to Vietnam and uh, here again, that, that voice that you hear, I heard that same voice, as I recall, uh, it, telling about what happened when I heard about John F. Kennedy being assassinated. Uh, that same voice in my head, when we got the word coming out of Japan that we had been committed to Vietnam by uh, the president, uh, it was like, oh, wow, man. And when that lieutenant says, is there anyone who's a conscientious objector? Let him step forward. And there were those who stepped forward. Only, as I recall, about five people stepped forward. And uh, they stepped forward and uh, the uh, military MP there on board ship 
led them off. Now, I don't know where they took the night. And we all assume it was the brig. But the thing about that was that these young men were able to stand up and take a position of what they believed in, just as we who who made our minds up about going in. I know I did. Uh, it was a real decision you had to make, and that was, well, I'm a Marine, and if I'm to die tomorrow, uh, which was the next day that we were going in, uh, then I, I'm ready to die as a Marine. And that was my position that I took. I accepted that. Because now I, I've been with these guys since 63 and 65 now, two years later. We didn't go to Cuba, but we did get Vietnam. Two years later, we ended up in Vietnam and uh, we took back the uh, airstrip that had been overrun by the VC. It was, uh, it was the fifth greatest victory. Yes, I'll always remember that victory. Now people today, and I talk with people about uh, Vietnam, and they always, this gets me, they always go to, oh, you can't talk about Vietnam, but Vietnam as a Marine for me, uh, will always be, uh, as a young Marine, our, my, one of the greatest victories of serving with guys that as a unit uh, we've been trained to do what we uh, were trained to do. Uh, we did it and we survived in doing so. And I spent over 16 months in Vietnam. But hey, I returned. But that particular incident I will always remember in my life as a as a uh, Marine, and that is to have overtaken the VC and taken back that airstrip, whereas the planes and things can, and supplies can get in there. Oh, uh, well, you know, people today, when you talk about war, unfortunately, war is an ugly thing. But you know, out of that war, uh, while I was there participating in it, I was fighting for the spreading of democracy, which brings me to what's going on today. The spreading of democracy is what I uh, was fighting over in Vietnam for. And that was to establish democracy, uh, a democratic government in Vietnam. Because I believed in what I was doing. I, I believed in it. I believe that was uh, the right thing to do. Uh, and as I was there fighting for spreading of democracy, I, I saw some ugly things that were going on. And now remember, I'm here being the best that I could be. But there were some ugly things going on too that were very uh, uh, much against my reasoning in being there, because I saw I saw racism, uh, even in serving in Vietnam. Racism in the leadership was expressed towards uh, 
black marine. <laughs> yes, many a time, as a marine, you had to remind your fellow marine that you had a weapon too. You know, hey, we all trained to do what we're doing. It came down to that many, many times. And that was real, being for real, uh, thinking and we're realistically dealing with the situation. You couldn't play like you didn't understand what was going on. But knowing what racism was in America and so forth, you, you knew uh, you came for real. I saw Confederate flags among my fellow Marines. Yes, they had them, <laughs> whatever reason. Just as there are decent Americans today uh, who apply federal flags, uh, Confederate flags. <laughs> I mean, this is the reality in which growing up in America, you have to live with as a black man in America, black citizen in America, the duality of, of it all. But yet we work to make America better. That's what I'm talking about. In all of that, I still participated and came out honorably and served honorably in the Marine Corps and came back home with the belief that I could make America better by contributing to making it better. See, we can't just criticize it. You have to participate in it to make it better. And that's where we are today. Everyone must now come forward. If you are an American, white, black, Asian, and you believe in America, and we believe that even in 1776, Thomas Jefferson and George Washington and Adams and all these guys, they knew they were wrong. They knew a lot was wrong in the founding of uh, this country in slavery. But that's why they added amendments and all that to the Constitution. And those of us who believe in it have been working to use those amendments. And there have been forces working against us using the amendments to make America better. So we're caught in between fighting and not fighting. But the thing that holds us together as America is that we have a constitution that we must defend. Now we're either going to defend that constitution or we're going to allow forces that are at play to uh, abuse and uh, not honor the constitution. And unfortunately, we got a lot of forces today that are not honoring the constitution. I fought to honor it and defend it. And as a citizen today, I still take that stand. And a lot of other Americans, considering what's going on in America today, the rise of fascism and all of that, this is for real here it's in America. It's real. It's just as real as it was back in the 30s and 40s when Mussolini and Hitler was doing their thing to the world. It's just as real. And if we must, if you believe in democracy, then we must defend our Constitution of the United States of America. And why is it when we talk about defending America, people get mad? No, we must defend America, democracy, and make it better because it's the only way it's going to be better. Remember, we, 
we're 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 a, a melting pot of people. We have to come together to make this happen. Because nowhere else in the world do you find a, a melting pot of people. Why are we now turning on each other as Americans, no matter what you are? No, it doesn't matter. You are an American. We must embrace being American again. And that's what's missing today. No, that's what's missing. Ah, it's, it's missing. There was a time we all wanted to be American. We got to find that again. If you don't want to be an American, hey, then this is the wrong place for you. Be a proud American. White American, Black American, Indian American, Asian American, Arab American, Chinese American, Indian American. Being an American, whatever you are, first thing you got to should be claiming being here in America is being an American. That's where we've got to find today if we're going to save this democracy that we live in. Yes, and make it better. That's what's been missing, working to make it better. More people have to work to make it better. So let's work make it better. Ah, yes, yes, let's work to make it better. And pray for peace in the Middle East. Now, if you've enjoyed the show, go to the support button and uh, make a donation to the show and leave a comment. Uh, and until next time, Let's treat each other better. Let's treat each other as Americans. Okay? Take care.